Girl Stories, Life Lessons, Turning Points, Service to Others, Truth, No Bullshit, Adding Value, No Smoke and Mirrors, Being the Pressure, Third Down and Ten, Win or Learn, Always the Underdog with a Chip on Your Shoulder. These are the things that I think about when I talk to this group. From Service Academy Fleet Leaders, NFL Players, NASCAR Drivers, Tech Gurus, Private Equity, Small Business, Big Business, to the Entrepreneurs Making the Way of the Future, Winning at All Costs with Uncompromised Integrity, Paying the Price of Admission. Let's go. So yeah, how are you? Well, I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Man, I um, this uh, this last year has been just like so good in so many different ways, and uh, I'm really excited to get you on here today um, and, and pick your brain on some stuff because <laughs> some of the things I think I got figured out, but you know how that goes when you think you got something figured out, <laughs> you don't have it figured out, right? So right, right. For the group today, this is my high school football coach. Uh, his name is Jerry Vance. Um, he wasn't just a high school football coach. He was the athletic director, and he was my linebacker coach. All right, so position <laughs> coach. So that was awesome. Um, uh, a Central Texas high school football legend. Um, he won't think that. He won't say that, but I'm going to say it. Um, held a 155 win to 46 loss record at the home there in Liberty Hill. Is that right? Yes. I just want to make sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, now in retirement, and we'll get into what he's doing nowadays but I, you know i like to talk so i'm going to talk about um you know where he came from a little bit which was two years played college ball at west texas state yes and then coaching path lots of different places uh that ended at liberty hill but um artesia new mexico you know you used to say something about artesia water during water time did that come from new mexico oh yeah 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 all right <laughs> Yeah. Good stuff. Artesia, New Mexico, Alice, Texas, Dimmit, Texas, which is where my dad's side of the family's from, up that way where there's nothing but, you know, crops and fast yeah. cars. Yeah. <laughs> um, did some time at Reagan High School, Texas, Port, uh, Gregory, Gregory, Portland. Yes, sir. Um, that, that, I'm thinking, and I, I'm not sure yet, but I'm thinking that was a big one for you, like a big growth time. Um, you know, to, it, it was. There were a couple of things that happened during that time, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great report. Good stuff. From there to the San Marcos, Texas, where Texas State is located, where my wife went to college, and there's a nice story there, at, uh, San Marcos for sure, and then on to Liberty Hill. So that's my introduction for this guy, Mr. Jerry Vance, Central Texas, and all of Texas high school football coach, legend. Now. We're going to get into some memories here and my memories usually i get like memories from a few people right yeah uh in this case i got one two three four five six of them i could have gotten a lot more but i i picked a few folks um one was already a podcast guest on this thing that i so enjoy doing that's why i keep doing it um one was dexter hansen he's episode number 48 guest uh, he was our our quarterback. So as a sophomore, he started playing and starting um, through the senior years of 2002-2004 seasons. Um, Michael Cole, a uh, fellow senior of mine, pulling guard, not really a guard, but a pulling guard. 
um, now, now in the army. Just talked to him yesterday. You know, he lives in Kentucky. Uh, I didn't know that either. That's another benefit of this thing. It forces me to reach out to people. So, uh, Jehovah Cruz, uh, a lineman, uh, always loved Jehovah. Um, Matt Escamilla, so one of the three headed monster wing T running backs at the time. Uh, he was a junior when I was a senior. So, um, and his brother, uh, Drew Escamilla, got some stuff from yes. him, senior when I was a sophomore. Uh, and the last one, Ty Winstead, I think he played quarterback for a year. And then, you know, in your wisdom, you shifted him over to fullback and, and let him take it, uh, take that rage out on a little bit of folks. Uh, also played DB, so both ways, mm -hmm. Drew, both, both ways. So let's start with Dexter's memories of, of Coach Jerry Vance. Um, a great memory was just being there to see Coach Vance come into Liberty Hill and completely changed the culture with his passion for the game. Um, he made the entire town believe that we can play with anyone and created one of the top sustaining football programs in the state. Uh, I say programs, cultures. Um, I will never forget the look on Coach's face after winning his first state title. I was so proud for him and uh, officially put LH on the map. Um, and then he had a question for you. Uh, what and there's a theme here throughout some of these memories. Uh, this is one of them. What did the Li Liberty Hill administration say to you uh, after we had our first competition day? We had a few guys get roughed up. <laughs> well, nobody said anything. They, they, they really didn't. It, it, Amen. I <laughs> I know that was a little bit of a shock to the to the community to do something like that. Uh, but the administration was was fantastic. I mean, they uh, awesome. They backed us and uh, let us do what we needed to do to uh, to further the program along. You know, uh, and I can't say enough about Dr. Andrews. I mean, superintendent was just and uh, Mr. West. They they might have come by and said, uh, you know, there's some. Somebody might have said something, but but nobody really got upset about it. So that's awesome. They let us do what we needed to do. That's great. I say it's a theme because almost every single one of them brought up the off season, the competition <laughs> day, and the 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 great thing about the memories and why I spend so much time on them is those are the things that stood out in the person's mind, right? So that was a good time, while yeah. it may have been tough. Uh, but there's also, you know, all stories are okay. usually around something like that, right? So right. that's that's great. Um, let's see. With that question, um, those those events we called them, um, and I don't have them all, but I remember the ones that were fun. And one was called the Free for All Forty. <laughs> so for the group, imagine yeah. <laughs> a forty-yard dash. Well, you think you start on your back, yep. laying down, uh, two people side by side, and whoever wins the race, it doesn't matter what it takes to win, uh, i.e. stand up and start boxing, do whatever, trip, well, just to win, right? right. Uh, that was one of them. The other one was called Two Dogs, One Bone. So let your imagination you you know go there. Uh, and then one was a, a one-legged, weak arm boxing event. Rooster, um, rooster five. There we go. Rooster there five. We go. Yeah. Rooster yeah. fight. 
Um, last memory from Dex. He said, we won a lot of games, but I never got to kiss the other team's cheerleaders. Not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> so for the group, Coach Vance said something about, you know, we're going to go over there and beat them up and then kiss the, che- the other team's cheerleaders That's after right. the game. So, yeah. 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 All right. So when you win, the it's next you to go kiss the cheerleaders, not me. <laughs> uh, yeah, extreme ownership right there. Uh, Michael Cole. So another fellow, fellow senior of mine, you know, small town. Before Coach Vance gets there, Michael Cole's one of my buddies uh, growing up through the ranks. And there's not a whole lot of them that had that small town from kindergarten all the way up to graduation. Right. Um, he was one of them. And um, that, that pulling guard, he's in the Army now. He's about to get his uh, physician's assistant certification in the Army. So when he transitions, oh, he's, he's, he's armed and ready to go. So. Um, a standout memory for him was one of your quotes at halftime at a Maynard game. And this one also comes up on three different other people's memories. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, which actually aired on Friday Football Fever, the highlight films. And that was, uh, this is the part where we hang them out to, or we hang them from the goalpost, slit their throats, watch them bleed to death or something like yeah, that. Something right? Bleed out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is what I'll do. I'll, I'll go through the the rest of the memories, and everybody has their own version of it, which is important to read. So that was his version. Okay. Next one after. Go ahead. Go ahead. No. no, no. I was just going to say, next memory from Michael Cole was uh, after the Jasper game, the sun's going to come up tomorrow. Your mama's still going to love you, and so am I. Yeah. And for the group, um, during my senior year, we had – Jasper was our last game. If we yes. would have won that game, we would have gone to the state championship, right? And talk about a good team, fast, hard-nosed guys. Um, and we lost it. And that was your your closer to that game for, for the seniors. And, um, you know, I appreciate that as well, for sure. Um, so, Michael Cole, he was still – he was and still is one of the most influential parts of my life. I know I'm a better person and leader because of Coach Vance. I use hold the rope uh, while I was at basic training. It helped me inspire some others, some other young soldiers that were really struggling to make it. Um, theme there too, especially for me, I, I, I used it too, especially when I came into a really bad situation um, in, a, in a manufacturing plant. And one of, you know, I always pull tools from the past, right? I think that, I think we all do. Uh, that was a tool I definitely pulled during that time. So, um, Mike said, last one, I would not be the leader person or father. Shamwell, I am today without his or coach Walker's influence. So, all right. Jehovah Cruz. <laughs> he was a lineman and, yes. uh, man, I, there is no bigger heart in the world than a guy like Jehovah Cruz. No, I'm going to say guy like Jehovah Cruz himself. Uh, very authentic. He loved the energy you brought as a leader. Uh, pushed everyone to be great. Brought out the best in us. Uh, remembered when you had us redo to it is, hey, stop practice. We're starting over. It's not getting off to a good start. Um, he also mentioned holding the rope. He still uses that to this day. And, you know, I I saw some, I just got back on Facebook. I haven't been on there for a long time because I was uh, pretty busy at the time. 
but now I'm, I got a little bit more time, so that's good. And uh, I saw he just got a promotion, and I asked him about it because I reconnected with him, right? He's now a captain leading a San Saba correctional facility. Wow. How cool is that? Wow. That's impressive. Yeah, yeah I also uh, shared a picture with him, and I'm going to do a share screen moment that I found going through some old stuff. If I can figure it out, give me one second. Uh, see, I'll cut down. I'll cut out this downtown. Share. You'll appreciate this. Uh, share screen. All right. Window. Boom. There it is. You see it? I do. Yeah. So that was. I think that was, uh, you know, it's me and Jehovah. I think that was our senior year. We're no longer in the program, right? We're kind of thinking about what's next. Yeah. So we went up to the field and we had these boxing events. Yeah, I remember and, that. I remember yeah. the stories. We weren't there. We didn't, <laughs> we didn't yeah. sanction that. And you never encouraged it, right? That was our own. No, we really. never encouraged it. We didn't discourage <laughs> it, but we didn't encourage it either. Sham wow. That's Amen. Uh, all right, stop sharing. Cool. <laughs> I had to bring that one up because that one made me smile the other day. Um, next, next memory person is Matt Escamilla. Um, like I mentioned earlier, he was, um, he was a junior when I was a senior. Um, one of the three headed monster and that's what we called it back then. And it is a freaking monster still today. I just love watching <laughs> that wing T work. Oh my yeah. gosh. It's like, and when LH gets into a playoff season, I, I start watching it, you know, because yeah. I just want to see it. I want to see him break the huddle, get to the line, and go and then figure out where the ball went. You know, yeah. that stuff is that's that's awesome. All right, so Matt Escamilla, uh, first one was for him was anytime a helicopter flew overhead, we would stop practice <laughs> and all lay on the ground. Um. <laughs> uh, the second one was, um, again, restarting practice, mid-practice. And for him, if I remember correctly, we started one where we were just doing passing drills, dot, dot, dot. Passing drills, LOL. <laughs> like, we weren't even getting physical yet. It's like the tone wasn't set, right? Right. Setting the tone at the beginning, you know, that's an important one. Um, third was the Mainer speech. So he said, the quote was, slit their throats and hang it from the goalposts, watch them bleed to death. So I was pretty close to, to Mike's. <laughs> uh, overall, to me, he was the same guy day in and day out. Another ShamWow. Uh, didn't change what was, you know, didn't change what was working and kept us hungry for challenges. I really felt like the offseason was where the magic was. Okay, so the off season again, the square. So that was one of them, yeah. one of the events of the off season. Um, the free for all forty, the rooster fighting. Uh, you know, I think we even starflighted somebody one day. Um, and I know yeah, who he that's is. A, and, that's just yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, that. yeah. Hey, but when you when you, it's also you got to take risks, right? It yeah. was. A, but but in high school, I mean, you have to 
you don't put people in harm's way on purpose. And uh, Agreed. In, in that in that particular instant, some things had happened in the school day that we didn't know about. Yeah. In particular, one young man was hitting on the other guy's girlfriend, and we didn't know about that. Yeah. So when we accidentally paired them together, <laughs> this jealous one got after it. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, but I also like that's the the stuff that we remember, though. And even yeah. the person that that got on that helicopter that one day, he probably looks back on it and is like, "That was some good stuff." You know, I haven't <laughs> talked to him about it. I haven't talked to that guy in a while. Maybe I need to call him after this. So, um. Uh, continuing with with Matt Escamilla's memories, you know, this one's going to be a long paragraph, but I thought it was enough. I thought it was important enough to talk about. Um, the drive for doing the little things right and have having everybody do their part is definitely what produced the leaders among us. I carry that state that same work ethic with me today as a general superintendent for HL uh, Chapman. I'm over the entire Austin division. And it's funny because I use the simplicity of how we approached the slot T while it may not look a whole lot simple. It is very simple if the entire team does their job during the play, right? You just, you just can't miss your job. Um, and for him, he says, you know, we get paid on machines running. There's a lot of misdirection on the job site where these machines can run and stay productive. But the key to it is making sure everyone is doing their part down to the little details and we win every time. So, um, and then there's Walker who played a big part, if not a, you know, greater for the work ethic piece of it. If you weren't doing it to his standard, he would show you he wanted it. No pads, no helmet, no concerns other than just doing it right full speed. Right. Um, they both played a vital part of my, my future success in life, um, was, you know, a little young to really understand that at the time, but how, uh, great those two were luckily, uh, I, I retained it the right way to get things done. Uh, last one from him is one more memory, uh, you know, him taking the time to call me into his office. He would help tutor me in math. Mm -hmm. So here's the AD. Um, you know, football coach, head coach, and position coach, and whatever else we don't know about, pulling in a guy to tutor him on some math mm -hmm. and his busyness of the day. And that is a, a key ShamWow moment, I think, as well. So, all right. We are 18 minutes into it. We're doing pretty good with the amount of memories, guys. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, last two are the they're the two seniors when we were sophomores okay so you come into liberty hill it's a crap program uh two and eight record um and then you're looking at who's going to stand up who's going to be my future leaders uh within the next couple of years this is that class right to help turn make the mentality shift and all that kind of stuff uh drew escamilla uh memory when vance first got there he told us um that we were never going to win the eye test. Uh, beside, you know, besides our two tall guys that were all skinny, um, we weren't the most threatening 
looking group back in 2001. Uh, we're going to have to learn how to be the toughest and the meanest ones on the field that first year. Vance was an eye-opener um, of some expectations. I think a lot of my senior class in 2003, um, including, you know, Jeff, the coach's son. So you had a son in that same class, uh, which was an inside linebacker right next to me. Good mentor. We'll get there. Um, this was essentially long. Uh, the, the key to that was the essentially long football offseason prep. All right. So back to the offseason. Yeah. The, per the preparation. Um, by the time spring came around from offseason, uh, the first real introduction indoctrination to the LH offseason was going to be, um, you know, all those those drills, the competition day when we got out on the field and competed against each other to really kind of grow and get out of that comfort zone. Um, he said, as for us country kids, hell, we loved it. Uh, we got to essentially have fun and knocking the snot out of each other in the process. Um, <laughs> our senior year, we had already started to develop the mentality. Coach was wanting scrappy. Uh, we don't give a crap who you are. We're going to punch you in the mouth and make you like it or not. That's that's on you. Um, that year was the first year Liberty Hill won 10 games in a while. And we had a crazy 9-0 versus a 9-0 team versus Burnett. <laughs> and goodness gracious, Burnett was good back then. They had yeah, two guys that were just killers. They both went into, you know, college, um, Texas A&M for one, University of Texas for the other. One went to the league. I think they both went to the league. They both went to the um, league. Both, so Burnett's powerhouse back then was led by a guy named Stephen McGee as the quarterback mm -hmm. and Jordan Shipley. Jordan Shipley's yep. dad was the coach. Yeah, and so those guys from a 3A, a small 3A, well, no, they were the big 3A back then, um, small town, to go to the NFL on the same team in a 3A. They had, they had an offensive lineman and went to Arizona. Oh, goodness. I didn't see it. I didn't track that because maybe I didn't remember him too much. That's a good thing. I don't thing. remember his name, but I, you know, <laughs> you know those other two were something else. You know, it's hard yes. to get that. No doubt. Um, so we go into that 9 0 versus 9 0 game uh, versus Burnett. It didn't happen the way we planned it out, but um, man, that's a great place to play. That yeah. was a fun place to be at the time, right? Yeah. Um, he said, you know, the stands were full. You know, we were, you know, that that two and eight team two years later, nine and oh, nine and oh versus Burnett that sends a couple a few folks to the league. There were, you know, the we were packed. It was at Liberty Hill. We were yeah, they packed. Were three, they were about three deep around the fence, if you'll remember. I do. We, we couldn't hardly get to the dressing room. Yes, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Um <laughs> Uh, you know, the band was playing helicopters flying around. It's the only pregame, you know, walkthrough where, you know, we got the the news stations and the small town that used to be a, a junk program. That was awesome. Um, and for Coach Vance, he gave us a letter and a coin as we left. And, he, and I still have both. So that was Drew. Uh, last one, and then we'll get to your story at 23 minutes into this thing. <laughs> Uh, normally my memory section is like 15 minutes max. So, uh, 
for, for some perspective. So Ty Winstead. Um, so Ty is another one that, you know, and, and Drew, Drew as well, but grew up through uh, the same town from yeah. kindergarten all the way up to, to graduation. Um, yeah, he, he, and this is, I think, very uh, valued today. Um, probably can't talk about it as much on, on a normal scale uh, today, but you know, Coach Vance was no bullshit. Right. All right. Um, no cliche as, you know, maybe past coaches for, for Ty had been. Um, he took over a dog crap two and eight program, went five and five with less talented team than a year before. And then after that, took it to a 10 and two year, then improved on that every single year. He was also great at hiring ShamWow, hiring coaches. His staffs were strong um one of my favorite memories was when we opened his year um two my senior year with caldwell at home we already run out of the tunnel we were huddled up on the sideline uh while he's talking to us caldwell's all huddled up on their side and they started woofing and hollering and jumping um and just being loud obnoxious and like all that good stuff that you you know you see at football game yeah um, and you know, for, for his experience and in, in the past, like that was like valued a little bit, but, um, coach Van stops, um, talking to us during that moment, turns around, looks over there, maybe like 30 seconds, turns back to us and says, well, they sure are allowed. Um, <laughs> We all busted out laughing and collectively we relaxed and proceeded and then we kicked their ass. So, um, he never got talking about you. He never got too high or too low. He was real good about keeping things in perspective. Um, that's a good example, but he kept us at, you know, calm all the time because, you know, and this is me talking, this is not Ty. That is a is a powerful skill set as a leader, I think. Um, and I also that was a good takeaway for me as well, because you're going to get that. You can get that whooping and hollering, and it's not just on a football field. You can get that whooping and hollering everywhere you're going to go. Yeah. Um, I think that's a good confidence builder too, especially mm-hmm. under a leader like that. So good shamwow oh, there. Am fun yet? I'm loving it. I <laughs> <laughs> too. Uh, I knew it was going to be a good episode when I started doing this. Uh, since we started talking about it, so I like slowly started taking some notes on it. But when those memories came in, and I had to ask you for that extra hour before we started, yeah, um, uh, it just it's popping. Let's go. All right. Um, so a couple more, a few more memories from Ty, and then we get into your story. And that is, you know, he always emphasized talking about you that we. We didn't have to help the other team up. Spend our energy on something else. Um, Yep. I always dug that philosophy. (laughs) That was from Ty. He also told us, uh, I'm sure this was a common battle cry that he used, that we were going to hang the opposition from the goalposts and slit their throats and watch them bleed to death. (laughs) So the third one. So when I ask people about their memories, 
Yeah. That's good. That's a good memory. I think, uh, it's hard for people to comprehend how crappy the culture was before he got there. Uh, there was so much losings and plants losing and players didn't even care. Uh, it took some cojones to take that job. Um, I knew we had a man's man at the helm when Jerry Vance showed up in Liberty Hill. So well, it's, there's a lot of stories that go behind that too. Uh, awesome. You know, the, I'd been coaching a number of years uh, when I when I got that Liberty Hill job, and I'd always promised myself I would never apply for another job twice, and I never would take a job in May because you had, you know, get everything ready to go. And Liberty Hill broke both of those rules because I had applied for Liberty Hill whenever they, when the previous coach got the job. Uh, and then it didn't come open again until mid-spring when I, had, when I was in San Marcos. I applied again and fortunately uh, was blessed to get the job. So, yeah, maybe it's destiny, whatever you want to call it, but, you know, Every everything does in fact happen for a reason. Amen, brother. Great. Um so yeah, that's the end of the memory section. It was a long one. It was worth it. So I'm <laughs> I don't have any, you know, reservation on not saying all that stuff. But um yeah, this is where I turn it over to you and oh, you know, no. coach Jerry Vance. Tell us where he came from. Tell us your story. Oh man. Uh I grew up in the southeast of New Mexico in the oil field. I was an oilfield kid. Nice. Uh, I guess work ethic was was uh, began there. Uh, went to WT on a year on scholarship. Played a couple of years. Played with, uh, and uh, I think this was one of those moments, you know, where you where a young kid grows up. But they had a couple of guys there that. Uh, one guy's name was Mercury Morris. He played for uh, Miami on the un, on the undefeated seasons, Super Bowl deal. And a guy named Dwayne Thomas, which played for the Cowboys, played in the Super Bowl and all that stuff. Is that in the Aikman days, maybe? No, 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 no. This oh. is way before that. This way before that. Late okay, good. 60. Late 60. Oh, man. All right. I, I, uh, I feel like a dummy now. Keep going. <laughs> No, 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 you, you don't need, uh, the point is you go in and, uh, all of a sudden you're the cannon fodder. And back then football was a lot different. We've gotten smarter in football than what we were back then. Uh, the head coach was a short ex. I think he might've been an ex Marine, but anyway, um, it, his language, you know, you get real surprised. You didn't know that there were curse words like like that. And uh, yeah, so between being cannon fodder for, you know, all pro people, uh, you you grow up. So that was one of the start. Finished my uh, my primary. Sorry, I'm gonna do this. Is I'm a problem with cutting in. Um, my primary listening audience is Navy football, right? I okay. think a lot of them. A lot yes. of them will say the same thing about a guy named Paul Johnson. So, yeah, okay, all right, yeah, it was a, for 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 a 
for a 17 year old, I was real young for a 17 year old going in his first two days in college and getting baptized like that. And went, Ooh, this is the real stuff. And, uh, yep. and it was a, it was a great maturing time for me. Um, uh, first job was in Amarillo at a junior high. Second job was in Artesian, New Mexico. Uh, for a guy named L.G. Henderson. And uh, there's a long backstory to Coach Henderson. Um, but he was one of those guys that mentor, if you want to call it. You, I learned how to coach. He was in New Mexico. Uh, he was one of those uh, fathers of the offense. Uh, he had been running something like it since the late, early 50s. Uh Back the program that we ran, the offense kind of re- started back in the 40s in a little town in called Phillips, Texas, up in the Panhandle. Anyway, uh, LG uh, had been in Artesia for a number of years, won six, seven, eight state t- titles in New Mexico. Um, he took the job in Alice, Texas. So I'll go from Artesia to Alice. And and he took me and another guy. Uh, there, were about, there were about three of us that left Artesia. I was in Artesia for eight months. Packed up, me and another guy, our families, our wives. We we both moved. We moved in the same U-Haul down to Alice. Nice. So we stayed in Alice for about three years. Uh, got a job with in Demet with Bruce Bush. Bruce Bush. Uh, I was the defensive coordinator for him. Uh, Bruce stayed. Bruce had been in Port Nature's Groves and won a state championship there with uh, Doug Etheridge, and that was his. And Demick was his first job. So, and Doug and L.G. Henderson had worked together in the Panhandle and with uh, at Phillips. So it's kind of a long, convoluted circle, you know, for these people. Uh, anyways, Demet, um, Bruce left and went to Livingston, and I got the head job in Demet for a couple of years. And, you know, they're growing up experiences. And Demet is one of those places. Uh, it's hard for a football coach. So I go in the superintendent in the second year and say, you know, I need you to do this, this, or that. And if you do, then I'll stay. Otherwise, I have a I have a, a business opportunity I can start, I can go into. And he looked at me and said, I'd hate for you to miss that opportunity. I walked out of there and said, hell, I just fired myself. Yeah. So I left Demet, went to Hobbs, New Mexico for a couple of years. Well, tell me how that worked out. Because... <laughs> I got a similar uh, experience. <laughs> well, it worked out okay. Yeah, I, I, I coached in that in Hobbs for a couple of years, and I went back. I I went to selling chemicals in oil field, and uh, that's when they moved me to Reagan County to Big Lake. Okay. Uh, I'd been coaching for ten years, been a head coach. I was young, dumb, and you know I knew everything. And uh, like I said, I fired myself. Uh, Same way. <laughs> kept, 
went to went to Hobbs as a as a sophomore football coach. Uh, left the profession and went selling chemicals. I was going to get rich in the oil field. And uh, after about five years of that, and I was pretty I was pretty successful. I took a brand new territory up to 150 200,000 a year but most of my people were independents they weren't the conicos or the exons or people like that and they got to looking and watching and my independents were starting to sell their oil wells off something's up anyway so i got back into coaching uh in reagan county uh coaching junior high I coached girl, seventh grade girls basketball and football. So I, you know, six years, seven years before I was a head coach, now I'm coaching junior high again. Yeah. And uh, one of the best times I ever had in my life. It was great. We had a, we had a young lady that uh, played in the pros, one of the best athletes I ever coached. And, they, and uh, had a call from Bruce. Bruce at that time had just taken the Gregory Portland job. And when I was in Alice, Gregory Portland was the place to be. I mean, if you could get on there, that was I me. Mean, uh, guy named so Ray Bruce, Bruce was the head coach of Gregory Portland, right? When he brought you in and you yeah. become, I think, what the defensive coordinator there. Well, no, I wasn't. I was, no. I went in as a linebacker coach. Okay. Awesome. And, and he are, he had a defensive line, a defensive coordinator that he brought with him from Alice. He had been at Alice, and he uh, he brought Tim with him. Tim stayed two years and got a head job, and that's when Bruce moved me into the head. I mean, into the defensive coordinator's position. Got gotcha. um, Portland was a was a great place. Uh, you learned how to coach kids and love them. Uh, you had to be hard on them. They expected to be hard. I mean, Coach Aikens had been an old Marine. His grandson is Drew Brees. Uh, so that's a fun fact. Those those kids were expected to be coached and be coached hard. And that's yeah. yeah that's what we did. The off season that we all ran, we instituted there in Portland, and we were all putting in things today. So, stayed in Portland uh, for eight years. Bruce left in five. Okay. Um, they brought in a guy from uh, Falfur. No, uh, from uh, somewhere. God, can't remember now. Anyway, uh, he was a disciple of June Jones and the running shoot and things like that. So I'm still calling defenses, and we do pretty good for three years. Uh, we're in the playoffs every year, and I keep telling him, you can't be nice to these guys. you got to get on them. you got to get on them and get going. Yeah. And uh, the year... The year I moved to San Marcos, uh, that year was my oldest son's junior year. And we we played uh, Waco University in the regional finals. 
and looked at a film for about five minutes, and I walked into head coach's office, and I said, you got to change your offense. I can't stop this kid. I can tell you right now, that's not going to happen. And if, I, if I'm calling it's like burning. Snap, it's like going into burning. I remember Cook. <laughs> I remember Coach Walker's notes on the, or maybe it was your notes on the uh, scouting report. So you put out a scouting report going yes. into that game. When you're thinking about, hey, I might need to make a change like this, like you just talked about, and uh, talking about Jordan Shipley is like this guy's got more moves than Jello on a washing machine. Right. Yep. Right. Yep. So this guy had that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, his name was Ladanian Tomlinson. Oh goodness gracious. So my, there's a picture on the internet somewhere where the Daniel's running and my oldest son is, is trying to hold on to him. Yeah. Anyway, we get beat, I don't know, 51 to 28. And the head, the head coach uh, makes a defensive change without telling me. Brings in another guy. Doesn't tell me I'm fired. Doesn't tell me anything like that. So, yeah. At that time, Bruce, Bruce's son was playing at Southwest Texas or at Texas State, and uh, Bruce got the job at San Marcos, and he called me. He called me the first of March and offered me the defensive coordinator job. Said, "How fast can you be here?" And two weeks later, I was coaching in San Marcos. Left family nice. in Portland. I was staying with other coaches, and we got started. Um, nice. I said, Marcus, the first playoff in 31 years. And uh, four years later, I got this Liberty Hill job. So, nice. Can I, can I back us up to Gregory, Gregory Portland real quick? Because I did yeah. do a little bit of homework with you. Um, <laughs> there's a million articles out there with Jerry Vance. Uh, and you know, hey, we you know we played good, boys did good, and all that kind of stuff. But one that popped out to me was when we were talking about the Gregory Gregory Portland job, and you had um, you were playing a team, um, and you're you know zero and four, I think that season. You know what I'm talking about first year, first, first year. year. Okay, <laughs> yep. Head head coach told you uh, if we don't win this game, um, you're out. And uh, I think you were down 21 to zero at halftime and you came back to win it. Yeah. Tell us more. Tell me more. There were were three of us. Yeah. Uh, It was Beeville. We were playing Beeville. Beeville, they're a lot better now than they used to be. But there were three of us. He brought me, the defensive coordinator in, and uh, the offensive coordinator. And I said, guys, pressure and lyric in. Gregory Portland is to win, and we're 0-4. If we don't win, you guys are gone. I mean, yeah. Bruce is not shy about that. He fired a whole defensive staff when you're in the midseason. So you know, it's, it wasn't smoke, you know. This yeah. is serious. So, he's, so he was direct most of the time, you think? Oh, very Bruce? direct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. But you yeah. probably appreciated that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I wish he had given us a little more time. We move into a new <laughs> house, and the guy uh, that was hooking up the gas meter asked my wife, said, oh, so your husband's a coach? And she said, yeah. Yeah. He said, well, you're not going to be here very long. 
He must have known Bruce. Yeah, you know how that is. So yeah. uh, anyway, we go in at halftime. We're down 21-9, 28-9. We end up winning 28-21, 35-20. Anyway. What did that take? What, how'd that happen? Like, was there any, like, an epiphany or, like, some sort of magic that was made or? No. 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 Just grabbed Said, guys, like, this is going to stop. Man, you can't can't be playing like this. We got we got to do something. And Bruce was yeah. a real good motivator in halftime. I mean, he, he kicked some trash cans and, you know. Did he ever the, hang, you know, say, hang the opposition at no, the goalpost, slit their throats? No, okay. no I'll tell you right. a story on that one. Yeah. Anyway, um, we get that turned around, and that year we played in the Astrodome in the semifinals. Awesome. Well, we go start from 0-4 and, and play in the semifinals in the Astrodome against A&M Consolidated. We get beat, not bad, but we got beat. Anyway, Portland, we played in the semifinals one more time before Bruce left. Uh, always playing in the regional finals. Uh, That's kind of the standard. Yeah, 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 yeah. People didn't come out to watch until you two yard, two games deep. But uh, anyway, so that's, that's what I do with Liberty Hill now. It's like as soon as it starts hitting the little app, <laughs> yeah. as soon as it starts getting big, I'll watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The uh, the other story, you know, Liberty Hill is a big deer hunting company. Country, you know, everybody. Yeah, I, miss I it. mean, we, when we go to play Lano early on, if the stands were empty. Because it was always the end of this winter deer season, we knew we were going to win because nobody was there to watch them. You know, the kids were wanting to go deer hunt. Yeah. And what do you do when you kill a deer? You string him up and bleed him out, right? Yeah, yeah. So that was in the back of my mind. And the team we were playing was ranked number one in the state when we played them. And I we had uh, we were maybe I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. We were. We were running the ball. They didn't like us hitting them in the mouth, and we just kept going, kept going. And that was a, my thought pattern then was, don't let up. And the most graphic thing I could think of was deer hunting. I see. Bring them up. Let's go. Finish it off. Gotcha. Uh, which we did. I mean, it ended up being one of those 70-something to nothing games. I mean, they quit, yeah. they quit trying to tackle us. And we're just running the basic stuff, just 234, full back. Just keep just, it simple. There's, it, so I'm going to tie into my Navy football brothers right now. I know there's okay. a lot of frustration on just keep it simple. Do the <laughs> basics, right? Trying to get all flashy and things are getting bad. And Anyways. Yep. Keep going. Yeah. I think coaches, high school coaches, college coaches, you know, pro coaches, they make the game a lot more complicated than it is. You know? Yeah. It's really yeah. a basic. We probably think about it. It's a basic. It's a, it's a pretty simple game. Yeah. Eight gaps to, to fill up and you just got to go. One of the things that I really appreciate about my new company is they do that. They keep it simple. And uh, I've never 
really seen that before in business. I was like, this, this is a good place to be because <laughs> when the time arises, when you have to, uh, go, go to the head coach and say, Hey, we need to, we need to change up the offense. We need to change up the defense for this one team mm-hmm. that we're about to play. And you're yeah. able to do that because you got the best, the basics mastered. Right. That's, that's the powerful stuff. It's not mastering the complexity. It's mastering the basics and being prepared to flex to whatever is needed. Because if you know what you do, if you have the basics down, you can, in whatever it is, uh, when it does come to that time to make change, you can make it, or the when you have to adapt to overcome, you can make that adaption without missing a beat. Yeah. Uh, case in point with us, uh, after the Jasper game, the next year we played Quero in the regional finals. That team always has an awesome, outstanding team. Speed just, you know, we couldn't... <laughs> We couldn't give them a, we couldn't back up 50 yards and, and not cover them. I mean, they, they, they're that fast. But we were playing them and we looked out there and an outside linebacker. It's just, he, he's 10 yards back from that slot and that slot was right by him. And he's turning around running as fast as he can. <laughs> sure, they complete the pass, they beat us. But it dawned on me, we need to do something. We need to change something. So we made a couple of little tweaks the next year and won a state championship. What'd you so, change? The secondary. Uh, and we really didn't change. Well, I guess we did change it. Uh, you know, we used to run 81 all the time. We went to something called 11, which was 81 on both sides. We've made a couple of personnel changes. or Didn't change personnel, but changed the responsibilities. And we were able to run our basic split stuff and still cover people the way they needed to cover. That was so, always my biggest weakness in, in football was coverage. Because uh, <laughs> I like to – and I'm going to attribute, um, you know, for a memory for me for Jerry Vance was um, – Get downhill, no yeah. back steps, read your keys. So that was an introductory for me for keys. So every week we're going up against an opponent. All right. Um, if you study that opponent, there are a few things you can, you know, out of a, uh, a way of habit, right? So mm-hmm. habits are, is a human thing. And that team has a habit of doing this on this play in this formation or whatever. So if you can understand the keys, you've already got an edge on your opponent, right? Through through that study. So um, I just wanted to bring that up because um, while I was usually pretty good at those things, I could never cover anybody. And Buddy Green knows it. Um, <laughs> yeah, he he would tell me every single time coming off that field. Every time that every time I got pulled, it was because of a coverage play, and yeah. I could never figure that out. Those guys are so dang fast, but as a linebacker, if you don't have any back steps, get downhill right away. Um, read your keys. Yeah, it's seventy-five percent of the problem. It's that other twenty-five percent just ah, can't get it. Well, sometimes you know, we always thought that you know everybody's throwing the ball. You know, it's like Daryl Royal said, 
when you throw the ball, there are three things can happen, and two of them are bad. So if we can stop you from running, from from running, and you throw the ball, then I've got a sixty-six percent sixty-six percent chance that it's going to come out favorable in my my favor. So All the more reason to run a wing tee, not throw the ball <laughs> until you have to, because right. if you're good at that, like the basics, then you, you won most the of the battle. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, cool. Exactly. So. So that was about it, you know. Get to we get to Liberty Hill and we make that little little tweak and we we run we get a couple of state championships and the program's been taken off since then. And you yeah. know, you're only as good as your staff. You really are. You, know, you, you get your. You, and I always told the guys in the in the coaches' office. I know I'm the guy that they come talk to. You're the ones that are making this happen. So, uh, we so were how did you do that? What was your what was your hiring approach? You know, um, you, we got some memories already from you coming into this program, this organization, and then uh, one. What was your strategic approach to making the turnaround? Two, how'd you hire? Because, I mean, even us, we could see that that it was. You know, don't get me wrong. Jerry Vance is a bad guy, a bad MFer. Um, he comes in, but he also brings a lot of bad guys with him. Uh, when I say bad, you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I understand. Uh, you know, one of the things, and, and I tried to hire, especially at the first, people that I was familiar with, that I had coached with, that had been in the same positions with us in different places. Um, to network. So through the network, yes, sir. Um, and I always wanted good teachers. Good teachers. Good, good people in classrooms. If they can teach in the classroom, I wanted people that had coached in junior high. Because if you, junior high. you can coach in junior high and teach a seventh grade kid that doesn't know whether he's coming in the door or out the door, how to get some basics going. Yeah. Then how That's much something better? I used to use too. I used to use that as well. Cause if you can teach it to a 10 year old. Sure. Then, then you can likely succeed in whatever else you're teaching. And that's, that's what I wanted. I wanted good teachers for a couple of reasons. First of all, you had to be able to get, be able to get across what we were trying to teach. And then I didn't need a principal on my ass about you not taking care of your business in the classroom. Yeah. So, uh, I remember that teachers. too. That's another memory. <laughs> <laughs> so good teachers was always a big, big thing. Um, when I first got there, I brought in Les Gold. Les and I had yes. coached together at uh, at uh, Portland, and uh, he had gone. I was going to say, there. I thought you probably pulled that guy from Dimmit. No, no, I didn't. Okay, they all were right. all they all moved on coaching baseball and basketball <laughs> or something, but it. No, uh, no. Les came with me from uh, Gregory Portland. He had gotten out and was head coach at Kennedy Southwest in uh, San Antonio. But I didn't have anybody else that knew the that knew the offense as well as I did that could run it because I knew I was going to be doing the defense. Yeah, and uh, Coach Walker was coaching junior high. 
at uh, San Marcos, and he had been with us. I had been impressed with Coach Walker because my youngest son played for him in junior high. And the big game was when the two junior highs played each other. And, uh, and Jeff had, he did some things some to win. He ran a couple of trick plays that wasn't against the rules, but he took the liberty. Very creative. To make it happen. Yeah. So I brought him in as the running backs coach. Okay. And for the for the listening group, because I'm just now tapping into this Liberty Hill space, right? I had Dexter Hansen on here, but most people that listen to this are, are Navy folks. So Jeff Walker um, is, is who Coach Jerry Vance is talking about. And Jeff Walker took over the program once Jerry uh, retired. Um, right. Jeff had as, gone, had left in 08 yeah. and took over the Rogers job around Waco. And uh, had he had gotten sick. He got out of coaching and come back to Liberty Hill. Uh, he had been in Liberty Hill for a couple of years when I decided to retire. And I went told told the superintendent what I was going to do, that I was going to go talk to Jeff because I knew he had the, ex the experience, would keep the program going with what we had, had been doing. And... Uh, Went and talked to Jeff, talked to superintendent, and uh, after he jumped through all the hoops, they hired Jeff when I when I retired. And gotcha. You know, Jeff was there for I guess three years before he passed away, and then his brother he had brought his brother in. Um, yeah. But there are still one, two, three, maybe four coaches still there. Well. Uh, that I had coached, that coached with us, uh, yep. even back in 06, 07. So they've got a lot of continuity in the program, which I think is important, especially for high school. Very. Uh, to be successful and to continue that success. And, uh, you know, you, you, and I always told you guys, you know, it's easy to climb that mountain. You know, getting it's up to, to stay the top, there. it's hard to stay there. Because everybody's looking so up your skirt and everybody's trying to get to you, you know. Yep. So, uh, so, so how'd you been able to hold that up? So that's good. What was the key to pulling him into Liberty Hill? Was there like a, like, hey, this is a good opportunity? Or he was just like, I follow you, you know? How'd that go? Both. 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 I, he was in junior high. He had been an all state running back in Cal Allen down close to Gregory Portland. I uh, believe it. And that guy yeah, used he, to beat us all out to the field every day. <laughs> yeah. It was always a it was always a contest between he and I who was gonna be at the field house the earliest. Uh oh. Yeah. That's a good thing. And uh, so we always did that. I never wanted uh I took my turns in the laundry, you know, doing yep. the laundry and throwing it. I always felt like it if I have to hit an, an assistant coach to do something, I should have done it myself. Or I find that's a good no. find your broom right there. I don't know if you've yeah. ever seen that YouTube video of uh, the find your broom. Uh huh. But I, uh, that's a good one. Yeah. So, you know, uh, Jeff came with us. He had the opportunity to come to the high school because that's where, I, you know, I was bringing him to the high school. Uh, opportunity for him to do that. And then when Les left, went back to San Marcos, uh, it was a natural progression to move 
uh, Coach Walker into that offensive coordinator's role. Yes. So. Awesome. Um, what's your favorite memory of Jeff Walker? Oh, gee, my name. I know you probably got a huge memory bank there, but. You know, I, I think. Uh, any, I, I don't have one in particular on, on football. I think, I think my favorite memory of Coach Walker is how much he loved his family. Amen. And, and for me, you know, being able to be a good teacher and being a family man, uh, I didn't need to have to worry about whether you're going to come in hung over the next day. I needed you to be there ready to go. And I never yeah. had to worry about it. About Jeff, I mean, um, I, I and his dedication to his family is my favorite. Right, there, there's millions awesome. of them on, on the football field. You know, yeah. I guess the well, funniest uh, one is I'd keep going down there and say, "You need to learn how to control the clock." He said, "But I'm scoring all the time." I said, "Yeah, I know, but we got socket sockets. Oh man, my navy, my navy buddies are gonna love that right there. Um, yes, yeah, so yeah, you know, another one with Jeff Walker is um, for those that don't know, he took in um, Dexter um, yes. when when Dex's family had to move out. It was like, all right, you got to have to move to burn it. You're gonna work, you're gonna play for burn it. Yeah, you ain't gonna you ain't gonna play behind you know Steve McGee. Um, yeah, <laughs> took him in. Sure. Um, you know, kept him there and very similar memory for Dex, just like you shared, I think. So, yeah. uh, last one on Jeff Walker. Thanks. What was the best behind closed doors conversation you may have had with that hothead, um, that you can share with us? <laughs> oh, let me think. And I'm sorry I didn't prep you for that because I was just brainstorming right before we started. I thought that'd be a good one to just ask. <laughs> you know, we never, we, you know, yelling at people behind closed doors was never my style. I yell at you in front of everybody. Yeah. And, but, and that's not what I'm asking. I'm guessing just like that. So there was a disagreement at one point between you and Walker on something. And, um, uh, you know, I don't remember what it would be, but I always said, you know, Jeff, I'm the guy they're going to fire, so it's going to be my way. And uh, I got you. He, I understand. He went that way. I mean, he was loyal. I mean, he was he was extremely loyal, and you you have to have that in that business. Awesome. You know, if you got somebody stabbing you in the back all the time, you're not going to be successful. You're not going to set up a good program. But Emma, uh, but Jeff knew the. He knew he was the right-hand man. He knew awesome. if I needed something, I'd go right to him. But he also knew that when it came down to making that decision, it was my decision because if they were going to get mad, I want them to be mad at me, not those coaches. That's the reason I wore a different colored shirt. wasn't to be different from anybody. Well, I guess it was. But I wanted those daddies up in the stands to be mad at the guy in that off-color shirt, not, not like everybody else. Because you know, I, I wanted a target on my back. You come talk to me. Don't you don't talk to my coaches. Don't, don't talk. So, 
So uh, good stuff. But Jeff knew that, and and that's uh, you know I appreciate that. I appreciate the loyalty, and I appreciate it. Uh, but he knew too that I had his his back too. So that's awesome. And he left a, a pretty amazing legacy wherever he went. So yes, he did. That's pretty good. All right, let's liven this thing up again. You still fishing? I know one of your hobbies was fishing. Well, I haven't been in a while. My old fishing buddies all get, you know, we're getting all old. And we're young. All our parts are falling apart, you know. Uh, I got you. But, yeah, I have a I have a fishing trip planned for the John Day River up in Oregon in May awesome. to fish. Uh, it's, a, it's a trophy smallmouth. Uh, Those are great. River. I, found them, I found them in Kentucky. I've never caught one until I got to Kentucky. Yeah. They're fun. Um, where whereabouts in Oregon? John Day entries into the Columbia. It's up by the Dalles, D A L L E S. Uh, we'll be putting in in Fossil, Oregon. Okay, <laughs> which is is really in the kind of central north east. It's not on the coast. It's right at the foothills, I guess, of the mountains. Uh, there's a national fossil ark or monument there, but uh, the John Day used to be the last one of the last navigable rivers in Oregon. Nice, so, but it enters into the Columbia. Awesome. I just finished up uh, the series 1883. I don't know if you've uh -huh. ever seen it, uh, no. but uh, it's about the Oregon Trail. And uh, oh, yeah. the history of that. With the, it's, it's the prequel to the Yellowstone John Dutton thing. Uh, oh, yeah. It's about his dad. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. That that whole Oregon and the the really the West Coast and the North. Um, and I've been to Washington because my I had a aunt and uncle that lived there for a while, and I did a mm -hmm. trip up there. I'm not a big fan of of Washington, but I'm a big fan of that Oregon Trail and especially the history behind it. Yeah. So, my my oldest son lived in Bend. In fact, my oldest granddaughter was born in Oregon uh, awesome. when she was. Uh, in fact, I missed I missed a couple of days and two days to be up there when she was born. But awesome. I had taken a, a jar full of Texas dirt with the pecans and blue bonnet seeds and some other things. So he put that under the bed, and so she was born over Texas. Born awesome. in Oregon, but over Texas. I was going to say, you probably didn't try and plant those up there. It's not going to grow. <laughs> no. no but we had, when he lived there, he, he lived on the Deschutes River. We fished a lot of and and up there in, in that part for the four or five years that he stayed there. So Nice. Yeah. Love that country. Good stuff. Um, all right. So best people you ever worked for. Um, who, who, who were maybe one or two standout leaders for you going through your process? There were probably three. Okay. Um, L.G. Henderson we started with. Another coach, uh, coach and I, he gave a, we, we're so old, we, used, we started out with 16 millimeter film. Yep. So it gives us a job. I actually, I actually just got a machine to try and run some of that old film of my <laughs> uncle that, you know, rode, you know, bulls back in the day. And I yeah. finally got it working and it was expensive. Back then, it probably wouldn't have been as expensive as it is now because of the 
scarcity of it, but yeah. He told us to break this film down, so we started on the film, and the dang projector broke. And we didn't know what to do. We're looking at each other. I had to get two projectors of these things. So right, 40 I feel minutes you. later, the head coach comes in, and Coach Henderson says, "What did, did you get it done? He says, no, the projector's finished. He said, well, why in the hell didn't you fix it? We don't want to make it worse. He said, it's already broke. How are you going to make it worse? So I learned from him. You know, there's okay. lots of things you learn from. Um, a guy named Ronnie Rieger and uh, in uh, Big Lake. He he went on to coach in, uh, at Midland High and Midland uh, League then. But nice. uh, he got me back into coaching in the junior high. And a good guy. Played the semifinals game. Scouted for him uh, when I was in coaching junior high. They played in semifinals games. Uh, and then Bruce. You know, Bruce and I go back. There's not very many people that they stay, they, they, they stayed with Bruce for 12, 13 years and went back to work for him three times. You know, he was Why is that? Coaches. He was hard on coaches. He really okay. was. But uh, he drew you back. Like, yeah. you appreciated that. Yeah, we we had some kind of bond. I didn't. In fact, uh, he went with us down to the Amazon fishing, and we've been to Canada a couple of times fishing together. So it's just kind of, I don't know, we kind of mesh. And, uh, and like I said, he I knew he was the head coach, and he knew that I was defense coordinator. He respected what I did. He didn't come tell me what to do. I mean, I had a pretty good gig when I was a defense coordinator. I had five coaches working for me. I didn't have to worry about girls' athletics or parents or anybody else because Bruce take care of all that. Yeah. So, but yeah. he probably taught you a lot about that along the way. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, um, I think about his interaction with other coaches, watching him, and with coaches on his own staff putting together a program. Uh, where to start putting together a program, offense, defense, kicking game, off season. Uh, you know, and how to appreciate the people working on your fields and your janitors. Yes. And those people, because they're the backbone of what you do. Uh, yep. I mean, Liberty Hill uh, had some people working on those fields that were phenomenal. Our fields were always great. And that little old stadium, that was one of the best grass fields you'll ever see. Yeah. So you always appreciate those. Um, yeah. That's the more. that's the stadium that uh, I flashed the picture of me and Jehovah yeah. with. Yeah, uh, the old stadium. The, the old get, stadium. Getting the wear yeah. and tear. Yeah, that more. was, uh, you know, I, I had interviewed for a lot of different jobs at different times in my careers. And one of the first, last things I did when I left was I'd go by the stadium and I'd walk out on the stadium and I'd just see if I'd get a feel for it. But that's the one where the ghosts felt good. You know, all those people that had played, they just had that place where we could build a program and do what we like wanted. This is to do. why this is why it's worth it type of feel. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Kind of silly, I know, but no, it's not. It's not silly at all. <laughs> um, it's actually, um, I think, magical 
I think it's uh it's where you find your genius when you find that room, when you walk the field, when you kind of yeah. uh, something I I thought about getting into was like how do you use because I've used it and I'm trying to think like am I using it too much or not? Is how do you use nostalgia to find motivation or how do you use nostalgia to um you know overcome a certain obstacle well you learn uh, from the past you you learn yeah. from the past the problem is i think a lot of people live in the past gotcha and uncle rico mm -hmm. yeah you yeah you, you know i think you you learn from it it's like when we changed the secondary up a little bit we had used what we had done in the past and and made it better yeah we didn't stay with that and it had been good to us, but yeah. we wanted to make that next step. And I, re I, I think about other things with uh, with Bruce in the past that that I brought forward to our program in Liberty Hill. Uh, nice. Just how again, like how, how you interact and how you read other coaches, uh, how you how you interact with the coaches on your staff both male and female because both of them are important uh, and how you how you make every kid feel important I, I know in Portland uh, the golf team was going to the regional golf match and Bruce grabbed me and we went out to the bus to shake their hands and said hey go get them go win and, and I think that was important to make you learn how to make everybody feel important, no matter what, if they're in your sport or not, they're important. And he helped me do that. So. Awesome. How do you read other coaches? You talk about, so when you said that, I was thinking, all right, coach Vance on the sideline, looking across the field at the other team. Was there a good, uh, win that stuck out There's, in your mind? They're, they're, I think that, that I'm not trying to bash other. I'm not trying to bash other coaches. My no, intent here no. is like to to pull that like, oh, that was a good win out of you. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, when yeah, when I, when I say how to read other coaches, a lot of that is when you interact with them, not on the field, because the dynamics change so much when you get into a game. Uh, yeah, when. But I would watch, and, and one of the things when we scouted, I wanted to know when they come off the field, are they being coached? Or are, are the coaches turning their back and yelling? Up on something said, else, yeah. yeah are, they, are they over there talking to them about how to get better and how to make changes? Or I got you. are they just watching or are they just screaming and yelling instead of coaching? I got you. Okay. So more so on um, who do I want on my team type of deal. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. I got you. Right. Cool. All right. I think we hit the mentors. I think uh, th those three were, were good ones, especially Bruce. Yeah. Um, so on the topic of staying humble, and uh, I already mentioned to you, like, that's my biggest problem. Uh, I would also say, it's probably a big problem for a lot of people. They just don't either recognize it, know it, or whatever. Uh, but once you recognize it, and you can try and stay into that mode of 
recognizing it, it's very powerful. Um, how do you stay humble? Because here's a guy that goes through, um, wins, uh, turns a program around and be like, all right, I made it to the top. How do you, like you said, it's, it's stay easy. on top? It's easy. How's that? Easy. I remember one of nines and L and tens in Alice when we were first starting. I, I'm, I've been there, you know, and uh, I'm yeah. not going to beat my chest up. Uh, Tony, I was blessed. God blessed me and opened up some doors that I didn't know where there were. And not only did he open them up, he pushed me through them. So yeah. uh, I, I, I've been to that low part. And if you don't yes. remember that low part, when you get to the top, you've wasted it. You've wasted the whole day. You can't appreciate being up there and how much hard work it took and how many people were there to help you get there. Um, Shamwell. Remembering the Owen 10s, I mean, the Owen 9s. It's yeah. been, 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 it's been everything that I wanted it to be when I started out. Uh, it, I started, I didn't like my high school coach. In fact, I got into coaching and, you know, a lot of people say, well, I got into coaching because my high school coach was great. I want to be like him. I got into high school coaching because I didn't want to be, I didn't want kids to experience what I had experienced. So, uh, I remember those things and I remember, yeah. so that's what keeps you humble. I mean, I'm not even special. I'm not even better than anybody else. Uh, and I made some conscious choices to be where I was. I had a chance to go into a doctorate program and become a superintendent. I wasn't through coaching kids. Yeah. And so it's, it's funny you say that because I'm going through a little bit of that. Uh, I, I'm over that hump, but I'm now recognizing it, you know, those yeah. 110 seasons. Uh, and I'm not talking about, you know, just working. I'm just talking about a lot of things. And um, it's just a good reminder. So thanks for that. Yeah. I, uh, with that, if you could go back and tell your younger self to do something different, would you do anything different or would you let it no. ride? No. I'd agree. I would no. absolutely agree. You got to let it ride. You got to experience yeah. it, right? Yeah, you learn from so many things as you grow. And if you change it, what's that going to make me when I get now to here? Yeah. Uh, I'm, uh, like I said, I've been incredibly blessed. Uh, I've been married for 53 years to the same lady and uh, two great kids and had a great career in high school. I still have football players that get in contact with me and still touch base. And uh, awesome. I think that's, I, I, my high school team, there's nobody, I guess there's one or two other guys that I have been in contact with. And that was back in 1967, 60. We just don't get together. But I can talk to my players, whether it be yeah. the Hill primarily. But there are play, players from San Marcos and Portland that I still have had contact with. So Hopefully, after we uh, publish this episode, you'll get a few more of those. I guarantee it will happen. <laughs> Um, so with that, in that theme, how do you remain self-aware other than remembering the, 
you know, the 0 and 10 seasons, the 0 and 9s, um, to keep yourself on that path that you envision? I, I don't, I don't dwell on that. I don't dwell on our successes. I keep moving. I try to keep moving forward. Uh, I get up every morning. The first thing I do, there's a series of devotionals and things like that that I start the day out with. And I think that kind of keeps me grounded. Uh, so, uh, like I said, I don't dwell on I, I have some happy memories and in the study here I have pictures of the state teams and helmets. I got four helmets that both my boys wore, so nice. You know, those are kind of things that I kind of keep in ground. I walk by and look at them and say, Yeah, that was pretty neat. Keep walking. And uh, <laughs> um, I got that feather in my hat. Keep reading my sign from Vince Lombardi, you know. Yes. Yes. Champion all the time. You gotta win all the time. You can't do it. Just on the field, you got to do it in life. Uh, you were a so. big Vince Lombardi guy. I was. Uh, it seemed like whenever Coach Vance had his had his time to talk about something with the team, um, yeah. the reference was back to Vince Lombardi. Right. And a lot of people don't remember who Vince Lombardi was. But when I was growing up, he was the most one of the most influential uh, coaches in the NFL. Uh, you know, coach of Green Bay won the first two uh, Super Bowls. I mean, and I I liked his approach. I grew up liking his approach, and uh, I have a my sister in law gave me a big poster of him. I have a couple of books that I used uh, when I was coaching that uh, had schemes, offensive defensive schemes that you look at and say, "Yeah, I could use that. I could help that." So, yeah, he was a big – never met him in my life. I wish I had a – but, uh, <laughs> yeah, but I, uh, I I really – yeah, I used a lot yeah. of – uh, you know, he and – if Mike Leach had been, been coaching back then, I'd have used a lot of his stuff. I like I liked, stuff Mike Leach said, too. I liked his style as well. Uh some people, a lot of people didn't, but <laughs> I did. I appreciated that <laughs> style. Um, so biggest struggle today. So something you're working through currently, is there anything that you're working through right now that? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I retired in 2006 and 17 season. And I retired because in 2016, I got up one morning during the season. So I got to go to work. It's on Saturday morning. I got to go to work. And if you have to go to work when you're coaching, then it's time to move on. Uh, I had, I got you. I had enough time in. I could retire and do all that. So I did. And I thought, well, yeah, I'll, I'll do this, do that. I can work at the house and stuff. Uh, spend more time with the grandkids. My dad had passed away. Uh, Mom had moved up, so I'd have more time to take care of her and that kind of thing, which which happened, you know. But now that she has passed away, and we've moved to Wimberley, believe it or not. Dexter told me that. I didn't want to bring it up because I didn't want to throw a few jokes out there, but you did, so. <laughs> so, yeah, we 
we've moved to Wembley. The granddaughters are here. Uh, and we did it specifically because I didn't want to, I got tired of driving two hours through Austin traffic. Uh, anyway, so we're here. Um, so working through things, Friday nights and football season, I still get depressed when football season's over. Yeah. Um, trying to find things to occupy my time. Uh, I have to work through. So, uh, I got you. Always, no. always looking for something and, and I've gotten to where I look at it and say, well, I'm retired. I don't have to do that. So, <laughs> nice. so I'll get to it sooner or later. And I need to get to where I get to it then. <laughs> no, uh, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Uh, I think if, if that's the struggle and, uh, man, um, really awesome conversation so far. I've got, uh, the last one I need to ask you, and, and that is, what is your price of admission? I don't think I've paid it yet. <laughs> I like it. You know, I, I don't think I've paid that price yet. I've been through some things, but not like some people that I've been through, been with, known, coached, uh, you know. I, I just, I don't think I've paid that price yet. Yeah. Uh, Especially for the guy that's feeding you some of those devotionals. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Good stuff. You know, we got, you know, yeah. I, I think, uh, I, I pray for those guys in harm's way all the day, every day. I've had some kids that we coached that are not with us because of some, hmm whether your politics are here or there, that stupid old men put them in harm's way. Which, yeah. anyway, just me. What'd you learn today? You know, I've, I've enjoyed going in depth with some of these uh, questions. And uh, Thinking back, I've exercised my mind because a lot of those memories I kind of went, I don't want to think of that anymore. <laughs> you, you bring them up and I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, so, so you're exercising, exercising your mind and, it, and, and thinking back to those things. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Reliving them and having fun with it. Uh, you know, you just can't take yourself too seriously. And, uh, yes. And, and, and that's a, a good, uh, Jeff Vance remembrance for me. It was like, <laughs> he always knew, like, he's kind of goofy. Um, stopped on me here. <laughs> oh, uh, I was just going to say that that's a good Jeff Vance thing for me was he was always kind of goofy, but when he had to flip that switch, he could flip it, but he always had this, like, everything's going to be all right type of yeah. mentality to him. And, uh, I appreciated that. Yeah. Um, one last one I wrote it down on the side note is there was a thing that you used to do um, that I've experimented with uh, throughout the course of my career. And that is you used to say good morning all day. Good morning. You say good son. morning. You used to say good morning in the afternoon. Hey, good morning. Oh, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I got you. I Where'd that come you. from? Okay. 
when I went into sales, one of the one of the requirements is that you had to read the book for, uh, "How to Win Friends and Influence People." Okay. Uh, and one of the things was that I brought from that was when you greet somebody, you always say good morning because if it's morning time, then they'll say good morning. But in the afternoon, they'll go, hmm, they might remember you, you know, especially if you're sales. I got you. That's an important thing. They need to remember who you are. And they say, well, it's not morning. I said, yeah, it is. It may be in Tahiti or somewhere like that, but it's morning <laughs> somewhere. Oh, man, that's the best closure. Good morning. They always smile. And it's always a good thing to leave people with a smile. Love it. And I've I've been thinking about that one for, I don't know, what is it, 2005 to now? It's like, I don't know, 12 years-ish? I don't know. Uh, It's more than that. Um, Thanks for closing that chapter. Um, And obviously, thank you. Thank, um, you know, Deanne for your time today and, and tell her you know thank you for everything else through there because i know throughout this entire you know, podcast episode and everything we talked about um she was the the backbone of what you did and supported oh, yes. you through all the there's, there's a lot of things so, those questions which we had talked to talk about and i, I said what about this and she said you don't say that that's not good so yeah i will <laughs> i will and you tell Amanda awesome. hello for me too okay i will Absolutely will. All right. Thanks for getting on today. This was a baller episode. Um, And 